I believe in Christ, he is my king. All my heart to him I'll sing. I'll raise my voice in praise and joy. In grand amens my tongue employ. I believe in Christ, he is God's Welcome back to the I Believe in Christ podcast. I am your host, Conrad Southworth. This is the podcast where I talk about the Come Follow Me lesson for individuals and families from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, as well as cover church news from the church uh, for the past week. Uh, And this week's lesson, we'll go over episode, or sorry, lesson 46, uh, first and second Peter, rejoice with joy, unspeakable and full of glory. Um, If you'd like to learn more about this podcast, you can head over to ibelieveinchrist.net uh, that is my website. You can follow uh, the podcast on any social media. Um, check us out on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And uh, the music for the episode is brought to you by Colabyte. So you can check out Colabyte on any, uh, pretty much any streaming platform like uh, Spotify or iTunes or uh, YouTube. Um, yeah, so feel free to share this with your friends. Um, if you enjoy the podcast, uh, like, and subscribe on whatever you are listening on. Um, I don't do much to promote the the podcast. Uh, so you can just share it with people that you think would enjoy it. And yeah, that's about it. Um, let's get into the church news. And then after that, we'll talk about the, the lesson for this week. Thanks. He is the source of truth and light. I believe in Christ, he ransoms me. From Satan's grasp, he sets me free. And I shall live with joy and love in his eternal courts above. All right, so in news this week in the church, like always, quite a bit. Um, just a reminder that the Light of the World uh, church campaign is coming on, uh, coming up for December. So you can go to, um, I think it's like lightoftheworld.org or comeuntochrist.org slash lightoftheworld. And you can sign up for notifications um, daily to remind you to do something, uh, service for somebody during the month of December. Um, And then on top of that, the um, the new video that the church created called The Christ Child about the birth of Christ has been released. So you can go check that out. It's just on YouTube or on the church's website. Uh, so you can go uh, view that. I haven't watched it yet, but uh, I'll watch it here soon. Uh, getting into other news, um, Elder Anderson shares three blessings each of us has been given. Uh, so Elder Anderson spoke at the LDS Business College devotional. Uh, let's see, that was held in Temple Square on November 19th. And in it, he talked about three things that we should be thankful for. Uh, he talks about, or three blessings that we should be thankful for. He talks about uh, one, life, two, the ability to choose, and three, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So um, on the church's website, they have a great write-up of what he talked about and some um, some things on that. So you can go check that out. Um, another thing I was just going to mention is the Salt Lake City Temple is closing December 29th for its four-year renovation. So uh, that's coming up here pretty soon. So if you want to get into the temple, um, I've heard it's pretty packed. So, uh, you might want to make arrangements to get in there. 
Uh, moving on, the face-to-face was held last week. I talked briefly about it in last week's podcast. Um, there was one other thing I was going to talk about, which I don't think I did. Uh, the In the face-to-face, Elder Gong uh, mentioned that they will be providing a new app um, for like quorums in the church and groups. I think it was called Gospel Living, uh, the Gospel Living app. I was looking through the notes, and I, I don't see it sticking out anywhere. But it was a pretty cool um, app that would just let you communicate with people in your quorum or in your group, your uh, young women's group, uh, just to quickly communicate, set things up, have a calendar, it looked like, uh, things of that nature, to make it a little easier to communicate with people inside the church. So uh, essentially, you just get the app, you'd log in, he showed logging in, and he's like, here's my quorum, and it showed the quorum of the 12 apostles in the first presidency. He's like, I've got a pretty cool quorum. So it was funny. Um, but... That is, I don't know when that's getting released. Um, But yeah, one of the quotes says, I'm really excited for the app. So the app is coming. Um, I think it's sometime next year is when it comes out. Anyway, moving on. uh, President Oaks encourages a spirit of giving in society. Uh, So it says, former state Supreme Court justice speaks as honorary chair of 2019 Utah Philanthropy Day. Uh, President Dellen H. Oaks of the First Presidency of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints spoke Tuesday in the Salt Palace about the importance of private philanthropy and persuading citizens to a spirit of giving in our communities and in our personal efforts throughout the state. So I was actually at the Salt Palace on Tuesday. Had I known that President Oaks was speaking, maybe I could have went and found the room, but I was unaware I was there for a different conference. Um, So it says here, President Oaks uh, saying, while I appear here as a religious leader, the then Elder Oaks said in 2011, the possible impairment of the charitable deduction in order to enhance tax revenues is not a religious issue. It is not a political issue. It is not even an economical issue. It poses a question about the nature and future of America. Um, so him talking about the, the funds and stuff coming in for, for giving. Um, but you can go check out his, uh, the quote they have from this, um, from President Oaks on the address he gave there. Uh, that's just on the newsroom website. Most of these are. Uh, moving on, the New Church History Exhibit celebrates 150 years since Utah women won the vote. It says the Sisters for Suffrage Exhibit runs through January 2021. It says a new exhibit of items that belonged to some of Utah's prominent Latter-day Saints uh, suffragists, along with historical documents associated with suffrage legislation, is now open to the public at the Church History Museum. Um, You can go check out this new new exhibit. Um, Next time I'm up there, I might try try to get in or fit that into the schedule. Um, that looks pretty cool. We're going up with the youth in a couple weeks, so maybe we'll make our way over there. Um, and then we have the prophet uh, who just uh, concluded his Southeast Asia ministry, uh, where he was in Cambodia, uh, Vietnam, let's see, uh, Indonesia, where else? Singapore. Yeah, I think that's it. I think I got all of them. Uh, so there's quite a few articles about his... Um, each visit he made. Um, so if you're interested in learning more about the, those visits, you can go check it out. 
In his uh, visit to Cambodia, he did unveil the Phnom, or sorry, Phnom Pen Temple renderings uh, for the temple that will be built there. And so uh, it's a very good-looking temple, like most of them are. This one has four spires with a fifth in the middle, it looks like. Uh, so it looks pretty cool. I do not see, uh, sorry, a Moroni on top. So that's a little interesting, but, um, just in the renderings anyway. Um, so yeah, you can go check out the prophets, uh, Southeast Asia ministry and learn more about what he was talking about there. Um, moving on, there was eight new missions to be opened in July, 2020. Um, so I think it's July that the new mission presidents go out. And so they will be opening a new mission, uh, eight new missions. Um, so Brazil, Recife South, Cameroon. I can't pronounce half of these names. So uh, let's just try try my best here. Cameroon, ya, Yaounde, Ecuador, Guayaquil East, Ethiopia, Addis Ababa, Mozambique, Biera, Tanz- tanz- sorry, Tanzania, Daris Salam, Texas Austin, and Texas Dallas East. Those are the eight missions that will uh, open this coming July. So let's see what else we got here. The first presidency announced a session change to April 2020 General Conference. Uh, so in preparation for the upcoming uh, General Conference that we will celebrate the 200-year anniversary of the res- Restoration, uh, 200 years. The uh, first presidency released an official announcement saying that the uh, what would be the general priesthood session or the uh, general women's session will now be this upcoming uh, conference will be uh, all 11 year old members and older will be invited to attend. Uh, so excited for that to see what's going on there. This will be the unforgettable conference that Elder, or sorry, President Nelson uh, talked about last conference. And along with that, uh, he invited us to uh, study the restoration and to get familiar with it um, in preparation for the uh, this general conference. Uh, anyway, that is it for the news for the past week. Like I said, there's tons going on. Uh, seems like that every week, and I'm just happy that I kind of do the podcast so I can somewhat stay up to date on what's going on. Uh, a lot of times I have to like try to remind myself uh, details if somebody asks me, which actually happens quite often, or people are talking about it. Like uh, the Salt Lake Temple, like somebody asked me, is it closed for three or four years? And I'm like, oh, I can't remember. It's four years, though. Anyway, um, rambling over. That's it for the... The news. Uh, let's move on to the lesson for this week. Like I said earlier, uh, this is lesson 46. First and second Peter, rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. So we have First and Second Peter, Rejoice with Joy Unspeakable and Full of Glory. Uh, before I get started, there is a quote from uh, Joseph Smith in the history of the church where Joseph Smith says, Peter, pen, uh, sorry, Peter penned the most sublime language of any of the apostles. 
So that's just to preface kind of what uh, what we're getting into here. Um, Peter writes some pretty remarkable things, um, expounds on some truths that we as Latter-day Saints hold. Um, you know, they're, these are revolutionary truths, I'd say. They kind of changed uh, what Christians believed at the time um, during the Restoration as we kind of refined these and uh, extracted them from Peter and some of the things uh, that were very dear to the the prophet Joseph Smith and some of the things I'll talk about. Um, but jumping into the lesson, it says here that Peter taught the saints to greatly rejoice, even though they were in heaviness through manifold temptations. He counseled them to remember that their that the trial of their faith would lead to praise, honor, and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ and the salvation of their souls. So right off the bat, we get into talking about finding joy in trials and suffering, uh, something that no one, I, I shouldn't say no one, but most people don't find joyous uh, trials and suffering. And uh, it, it's just a hard thing all around. And I think it's hard for uh, us as human beings, as uh, children of like sons and daughters of God to focus on God during some of those trials. Um, you know, some, sometimes it comes easier for some people, but I think for the most part, it's, it's safe to say that, you know, it can be hard. And I think that's the point. Uh, suffering and trials are supposed to be hard. We learn from these things. It shouldn't be something easy that we're able to just brush over. Um, but getting into the lesson here, uh, there's a quote by President Russell M. Nelson, and it says, saints can be happy under every circumstance when the focus of our lives is on God's plan of salvation and Jesus Christ and his gospel. We can feel joy regardless of what is happening or not happening in our lives. Joy comes from and because of him, he is the source of all joy. So regardless of what's going on, if our relationship with God is there, if our relationship with Jesus Christ is present, then we can still feel that joy. We can still uh, you know, kind of endure these trials with joy. Uh, there was a t- there was a quote I also wanted to read from uh, President Gordon B. Hinckley, and in it he says, "No matter where we are, no matter our circumstances, we all can be faithful Latter Day Saints. We can pray and worship. Uh, we can pray and worship." The Lord in the privacy of our own closet, we can sing anthems of praise to the Almighty even when we are lo- and even when we are alone. We can study the scriptures, we can live the gospel, we can pay our tithes and offerings, though the amount be ever so small. We can walk in faith, we can strive to live lives patterned after the life of our master. So President Hinckley there just talking about how de- doesn't matter our circumstances, that we can make that decision that we are going to worship, that we are going to keep the commandments, and we are going to obey. So even if it's, you know, times of trial, times of suffering, things may be hard, um, it can still, we can still find joy and have the Spirit of Jesus Christ with us. Uh, there was one other quote I wanted to read. This one was from President Brigham Young, and I didn't look it up. Give me just one second. All right. Sorry about that. Had to go find an old Google Doc where I had some uh, favorite quotes typed up. Uh, But this quote comes from Brigham Young. It's from the Journal of Discourses, and it's uh, one of my favorites that I've 
found over the years. Um, it's, and I've probably shared it on the podcast in the past, yeah, you know, sometime during this year. Um, President Young says, You that have not passed through the trials and persecutions, but have only read of them, may think how awful they were to endure, and wonder that the saints survived them at all. The thought of it makes your hearts sink within you, and you are ready to exclaim, I could not have endured it. I have been in the heat of it, and I have, or sorry, and I never felt better in all my life. I never felt the peace and power of the Almighty more copiously poured upon me than in the keenest part of our trials. They appeared nothing to me. And I, I've just always loved that, especially that last sentence, they appeared nothing to me. I think our relationship with our Heavenly Father, um, you know, if that is what we're focused on and putting that first, then these trials, they, they'll appear as nothing. You know, we have faith in, in Jesus Christ that he can get us through it, um, that whatever's happening, you know, we know what the outcome of this life is. We, we understand the plan of salvation, and I, I think that there is a lot of power that comes from that. Um, moving on to the next section uh, it says here, or let me, let me double check my notes. I think there was something else I was going to get into. Nope. Okay. Getting into the next section. It says, uh, the gospel is preached to the dead so they can be judged justly. Uh, so in first Peter chapter four, verse six, uh, this reads, oh, switch back over here. Uh, so first Peter chapter four, verse six says for this cause, was the gospel preached also to them that are dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the spirit. So I don't know how this doctrine is taught in other churches. I don't know that any other churches teach about teaching uh, the spirits in the spirit world or that, you know, when Christ had died on the cross and before he was resurrected, that he gathered the spirits in the spirit world. Uh, to begin doing missionary work to the spirits that were in spirit prison. Um, like I said, I don't, I don't know. Um, but I, I know that this, this truth that was restored uh, by Joseph Smith, um, like I said earlier, it was revolutionary. This changed, uh, you know, it changed the world, um, but it changed, like there was so much peace and joy that came from this principle because at the time, people were teaching that if you were if you died before you were baptized, or if you died without hearing the gospel, then you were damned. Then that's just that's that. Uh, Joseph Smith having a brother Alvin who died with uh, before hearing the gospel, they they were told that you know he would his spirit went to hell and he would be damned forever because he was you know not baptized and didn't live right. Um, so this truth that the faithful in the spirit world teach and take the gospel to those in spirit prison, that they have the opportunity to accept the gospel and that we as living members of this church can do vicarious work for those that have died. So that in the event that they do accept the gospel, um, these ordinances have been performed for them. Um, here in the manual, it talks about, um, Doctrine and Covenants, uh, section 138, which was a revelation uh, to President Joseph F. Smith, uh, received as he pondered the writings of Peter. Uh, it says, What blessings come to those who make 
the ordinances of the gospel available to their family members who died and are still waiting for these ordinances. So um, in the end of the Doctrine and Covenants, there is the uh, vision that Joseph, uh, President Joseph F. Smith had about the spirit world. Um, I definitely recommend going and checking that out. Um, I was skimming through it, and um, my grandmother, she does a lot of work for the dead. Uh, in her patriarchal blessing, it says that her work is for the dead, and uh, she has taken that to heart. She does, I, I got, every time I go to see her, she has a whole stack of names, and she's always looking for people to do names for her, um, just because that's all she she loves, and well, not all she loves, but that's what she loves, and that's what she spends, I assume, most of her time doing, because she uh, does so so much of it. Um, she can run circles around me in any of the, uh, tools for, for, um, indexing and, uh, family history work. And I mean, I work on computers, so she is, uh, good at it. But, um, that being said, I bring that up because, uh, it says, you know, what is, if you do work for somebody, like what's the outcome of that? And I want to say that I heard, um, at one time, and you know, maybe it's there in that uh, section 138 that you that um, the people that you do this work for will thank you uh, in the spirit world, and they'll be there to kind of greet you. And so, um, I don't remember where I heard that or the truthfulness of it. Or uh, I'm sure it it sounds like something that would be true. But um, anyway, so um, this is, I mean, that's a pretty fundamental doctrine of our religion uh, that we find here in Peter. Uh, Moving on to the next section, it says, through the power of Jesus Christ, I can develop my divine nature. Uh, So divine nature in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 8. So a little bit longer, but this reads, um, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto, the, unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And beside this, giving all diligence... Add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you, and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So here talking about the divine nature, um, the manual kind of takes this as um, living like Christ or uh, developing those Christ Christ-like attributes. Uh, the quote here from Elder Hales uh, in the manual says, "The attributes of the Savior are interwoven characteristics added one to another, which develop in us in interactive ways. In other words, we cannot obtain one Christ-like char- characteristic without also obtaining and influencing others." As one characteristic becomes strong, so do many more. Um, And then it also references a talk by Elder Bednar uh, called Exceeding Great and Precious Promises. Uh, I have a quote from that as well that I'll read here in a second. But 
Um, if you don't know, in the Preach My Gospel, there is a full section on Christ-like attributes, and uh, I highly recommend just picking an attribute and studying it for, you know, a week or a month or something. There's tons of scriptures that it gives as references and going through. And then at the back of that section, or maybe it's at the beginning, uh, there is a checklist or a, kind of like a rating system to see where you fall and what attributes you can work on. Um, it's a it's a great tool to use to to kind of check yourself and put yourself on the right path on kind of what you you think you should be working on. Um, but as the the quote that I just read from Elder Hales talks about, these characteristics are all interwoven. You can't uh, progress in faith and not progress in any of these other characteristics. The closer we draw unto God, the every characteristic goes up. And so uh, it's just um, some people find it overwhelming to have to focus on all those things that Peter you know, and other apostles, uh, the, the things that we need to, to gain, you know, it says, uh, knowledge, temperance, patience, godliness, brotherly kindness, charity, uh, virtue, all these things, uh, diligence, sorry, there's another one, but all of these things are things that we should be striving for, striving to, uh, to improve upon. But if we try to focus on all of them at once, it gets a little overwhelming. So, if, even if we focus on one of them uh, and we're progressing in that, uh, Elder Hales let, you know, tells us that you are progressing in all of them, that you cannot progress in one and not in the others. Uh, the quote I wanted to share by Elder Bednar from his talk, which, like I said, I recommend just going and listening to his talk, but it says, uh, God promises his children that if they follow the precepts of his plan, and the example of his beloved son, keep the commandments and endure in faith to the end, then by virtue of the Savior's redemption, they shall have eternal life, which is the greatest gifts, sorry, which is the greatest of all the gifts of God. Eternal life is the ultimate, exceeding, great, and precious promise. And that was from his talk, exceeding, exceeding great and precious promises. Um, so I just like that from the talk because it... Uh, it's just like a, a wonderful statement of truth. It's just like, here it is. God promises his children that if they follow the precepts of his plan and the example of his beloved son, keep the commandments and endure in faith to the end, then by virtue of the Savior's redemption, they shall have eternal life. Um, just a wonderful declaration of truth and promise that we are given there. Uh, moving on to the next section here. Um in the, sorry, I can't turn the page. There we go. Ideas for family scripture study and family home evening. Uh, it references first Peter chapter three, verses eight through 17, um, talking about being ready to always give an answer. Um, so how can we be ready to always give an answer? Um, I mean, obviously none of us know what kind of questions other people are going to ask us ahead of time. Uh, one of the things that recommends doing with family members is role-playing situations in which someone approaches them with a question about the gospel. Um, I think that's a great activity. Uh, as a missionary, that's something we did uh, in the MTC and throughout you know, district meetings and zone conferences. There was lots of role-playing to, to get our minds thinking about what different things we can say and uh, what different questions people can pose to us. Um, so uh, that was something I recommend. 
And then the improving our teaching says to be ready always. And it says, how can you strive to be ready always to teach your family members gospel truths and share the hope that is in you? Um, So as I was reading this, it just made me think that having your home be a place where the gospel, you know, is talked about, it's invited, um, you know, it's something in your every everyday thing, like day-to-day life, it makes it easier for to bring up questions or to bring up things to talk about. Even if somebody comes over and, you know, you've got a picture of the temple or a picture of Christ, it opens them up to know that, hey, maybe this is somebody that I can ask questions to. And um, I think just by studying our scriptures every day, that allows us to really invite the spirit and to have uh, more light and more knowledge to be able to answer those questions. Um, and not to keep bringing up the mission, but that was something that I saw, uh, you know, over and over on the mission is the usually what you're studying or uh, things like it's, it's easy to take what you were studying and apply it to questions that people have and answer those questions, uh, you know, by the spirit, uh, just from, you know, what's, what's in your head, uh, from things you've been studying. So anyway, um, that's it for the lesson this week. That's, that's all. Um, next week we will go over, uh, what is it? First or Jude and, or sorry, first John, second John, third John and Jude. There we go. Uh, titled God is love for December 2nd through 8th. Um, after these we'll start revelation. Then we'll jump over to the Christmas lesson back to revelation to finish out the year. And then on to the, uh, book of Mormon. So for 2020, I'm excited for that, Um, but it's drawing pretty close to an end, and it's coming up fast. Um, So please, you know, uh, share this, like I said, with your friends, uh, with your family. If you enjoyed it, uh, leave a review on uh, iTunes. That's the most popular uh, podcast platform. But, um, yeah, thank you for listening this week, and have a good week, and we'll talk to you next week.